This is the Purpose Church podcast where we exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. I want to share a little word. I want to talk to you today. Pastor Landon started last week a series on prayer. How many of you guys were here last week? You're not going to get in trouble if you weren't, but just, okay. Did you enjoy the sermon last week on prayer? He did a great job on it. I, um, I want to continue on that theme, but in a little bit different vein. I want to talk just for a little bit about, about us being connected with the Holy Spirit, about what our connection with the Holy Spirit can bring to us, about some of the benefits from it, about how how we can walk in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, that sounds real basic, maybe. Maybe that doesn't sound like, oh, wow, that's really exciting, Jansen. But I believe that God wants to do something special this morning. He wants to shift the way that we see um, just our normal, everyday life we get to live, amen? So I'm calling this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. The first thing I want to say is this, is the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God, okay? Sometimes I think we're like, okay, what, who, who is this? thing, the Holy Spirit, like, is it like the Holy Ghost? You know, it sounds a little weird and out there, and the Holy Spirit is God. The, the Bible describes it as a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but they're all God, okay? They just have different, different forms. Jesus, Jesus said it this way. He worded it. He said, and I will pray the Father. In John 14, he said, I'm, I'm leaving. He said, I'm leaving. He was trying to tell the disciples, I'm leaving, y'all. But he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. He sent, he says this, he says, I'm here, and I want you to think about if you're the disciples and you're, you're listening to Jesus, who's been this man that's done things on earth that you never imagined being able to see any man do, right? Like he's healed th- people and performed miracles, and you're just blown away with this, this man who is God, and you're beginning to realize this is the Son of God, and all of a sudden he says, hey, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be with you guys very much longer. And the heartbreak that that probably caused in their hearts of thinking, no, not good. Like, you're, the, you're, you're it. You're the only person we've ever seen be able to do this. And he says, yeah, but I'm leaving. But it's for your benefit because he said, I'm going to send a helper that's coming in the form. He's got the same power I have. In fact, he's me, but he's coming in a different form. He's not coming in a human form. He's coming in a spirit form so that he can live and dwell among and in you. And I want you to catch that for a minute, that, that Jesus came in human form, and the Holy Spirit has the same power that came in spirit form so he can live and dwell inside of us. Amen? So the, there's, there's power. Like if we, just, if we just stopped right now and just realized the power of the Holy Spirit and that whenever we accept Christ, he comes to lives inside of us. I was, t- I was talking to Titus yesterday driving in, and I was telling him, poor guy, I was like, I'm going to practice what I'm going to talk about tomorrow a little bit right, with you. You ready? <laughs> He's like, not really, Dad, but he, he didn't have any choice. We're in the car. So... I'm talking to him, and I'm like, Titus, tell me. I was like, I wasn't really preaching. I was kind of having a conversation. I'm like, Titus, where does the Holy Spirit live? And he was like, in heaven. And I said, yeah, and where else? And he goes, in our hearts. And, and it's so simple, but it's so powerful. Like that, that God lives inside of you. Think about that with me for a minute. The power that comes with that statement. He lives inside of you. So there's three quick thoughts I'm going to give on this, but the first is this, is that we need to recognize the authority that we have. Recognize the authority that we have for the, for the, the calling that he's put within our lives. We have great authority. We have great power. Listen, Kelly said it earlier when she was up here, and she gave a great word as she closed that worship. Man, talk about water. I love that. That will preach. When she, in fact, she did preach. That, that was powerful when she just shared there. Um, but I love that she, she made it a point to say, 
Listen, you're all, right where you are is where you're called to be. And, and I, want, I want you to understand this, that you have a calling and you have a ministry, and your ministry may look different than mine, or it may look different than Landon and Kelly's, or it may, your ministry may be getting up on Monday morning and going into an office building somewhere. Your ministry may be taking care of two or three kids. Your ministry may be going to school or the grocery. Your ministry may look different, but you have a calling and a ministry that you're operating in right now. And you can say, no, I'm just living life, but no, God sees it as more than that. You may see it as, no, I'm just surviving every day, but God sees it as more, I promise you. God sees you and he sees a purpose and he sees a calling and he sees that what you get up and do every day is much more than just surviving and getting through to the next day. He's called you to walk in this and he's given you authority and power. You see, I think one of the biggest things the enemy convinces us of sometimes is that, is that we just kind of have to go through life hoping for the best instead of remembering the authority that we get to walk in. Like, like honestly, I think sometimes we wake up in the morning hoping that the devil might choose to leave us alone today instead of just recognizing that I walk in power over that devil. And he didn't have any authority anyway. He can come at me with every weapon he can form, and they will not work because of the power that comes again. I'm going to be honest. There have been times where I've been nervous because I forgot the authority that I walked in. And I've been nervous. I've had people, I've told my wife this, and it's a sad, it's a sad confession, but I've had people text me. You know, being really nice, they'll text me and be like, hey, I woke up this morning and you were on my mind. I felt like the Lord put you on my heart, so I'm praying for you. And my first thought was, oh, shoot, what is God trying to tell them that I need prayer for? What's fixing to come down the pipe and I don't know about, right? And I like get nervous. Instead of being grateful that somebody's praying for me, I get nervous that somebody's like had to pray for me today, right? And, and God's so convicting me at times. He's like, why are you nervous? Like, you have power over what, like, we walk in authority and power. Listen to a couple of verses real quick, okay? True verses, as every verse is, by the way. Listen to this, though. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. How about that? Just end, Nothing will harm you. Let's quit fearing. Let's quit walking in anxiety and worry. How many of you, if we were honest, we, 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 we're, we're more anxious than we should be? Right, like we tend to worry about things. Nothing will harm you. I mean, that's, that's so simple. Listen to John chapter 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. That's where Jesus says, I'm headed out, but don't worry, I'm sending my helper, and you can do even greater things than what you've seen me do, guys. And, and think about that. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we're amazed at what we read about what Jesus did, but we forget that we can do even greater things than those. Not because there's anything special about Jansen, but there's a lot of something special about the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and me. Amen? And I just want to focus on this for just a second because I want you to realize that I'm not talking about some, some like, I'm not talking about something that has to wow the people. I'm talking about everyday life. The Holy Spirit wants to enable us to be great at what we do every day. The Holy Spirit wants to enable you to be a great dad to be a great husband, to be a great mom, to be a great wife, to be great at your job. Listen, I, I, was, I was, about a year ago, I had this, this like reckoning inside of me. We've got, we've, got, we've got three kids. I've got um, a daughter that's 11, a son that's seven that's with me, and a daughter that is four. About a year ago, uh, my four-year-old was three, and she was going through this phase where she, she hated going to bed, like hated going to bed. Like every night when it was time to go to bed, it was like scream and cry. And, I, you know, I would try everything from like being really nice and gentle that night and trying to coax her into to like, like being stern and like mad and trying to scare her into falling asleep. And 
nothing was working. Like we went through all these phases and it wasn't, she was like, she was winning the battle. And we'd been going through this for, I don't know how long. It felt like years, but she was only three. So I know it wasn't that long, but it's probably like eight or 10 days. But I was reaching like the end. I was like, I don't know. I don't want to get her to go to sleep. And it was to the point where she was like, she was kind of halfway rebellious, like, no, maybe not even halfway. She was like rebellious. She would like, I would tell her, I would go in there with her and I'm like, okay, Tinley, that's her name, Tinley. Okay, Tinley, lay your head on the pillow and go to sleep. She'd look at you. She'd lay her head on the pillow for about three to five seconds and sit right back up and stare at you. And almost with this look like, we've been doing this for nine nights, dad. See what you got today kind of thing. Like, and man, I was getting, I was getting mad just being honest. And like my voice was raising and I was like, girl, you better lay your head on the pillow. Right. And like, and I, I did this, I did this. I like, I, I reached up after she had done this like four times and like popped back up from the pillow. And I like put my hand on her cheek and I, my voice was loud. I don't remember how loud, but I know it was loud. And I said this just like almost in desperation. I said, in Jesus name, lay down and go to sleep. And I don't know if I scared her or if a demon came out of her when I did that or if she, like, Jesus just answered my prayer. But her eyes got big and she laid down. And she didn't put her head back up that night. And she fell asleep. And as I, I mean, shortly, like within a minute or two, she laid down and I realized, like, something's different. She's not popping back up. And I heard the Lord so quickly ask me, why didn't you pray about eight days ago instead of waiting to today? Why do you always try to do it on your own until you realize it's not working before you start praying, Jansen? Like I heard the Lord challenge me. And, and, then, and then I thought, I, my brain starts going at all these simple things. And I thought, how many times, and maybe you can relate, how many, how many of you have ever had this experience, like you lost your keys to your car? And you look, and you look, and you're like, you're, you're, you're frantic. And you finally, like out of desperation, are like, Lord Jesus, please help me find my keys. And you turn a corner and they're right there. And you could have sworn you looked in that same spot four times. And it's like, why, why don't we just ask for his help from the beginning? Why don't we just realize he wants, like he desires that. It's not like we're bugging him. We think we're bugging him sometimes. I think, or, 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 or sometimes I think I want to prove that maybe I don't need him. And then I can like handle it. But we need him. I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't know how to get my daughter to go to sleep. Like, I needed him. I don't know how to find my keys. I don't know how to do my job. I'm just being honest, and you don't either. You guys can do it at a certain level, but with the Holy Spirit, you can do it better. Like, why would we settle for just what I can do when we can do it better? Does that make sense? Like, like why not press in now and ask him for help so we can do things better? So recognize where you are, you're called to be there. You are empowered to be there. You have every authority to walk in it. Moms, you have every authority you need to be a mom. Dads, you can do it. Husbands, wives, you can do it. It's not easy. It's not, but we can do it. Your job, you can do it. I, I don't want to talk about it, but, but I could talk forever about how the Lord has helped me in, I've had two main jobs in my life and how he's walked me through so many situations. Don't, don't try to over-spiritualize it. He wants to help you in what, in the daily things you're needing help in. He wants to. It's his desire. Okay? It's his desire. Let's let him. The second thought I have on this is, 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 is simply this, that we need to become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's why this is interesting to me. Because how many of you have ever heard God speak audibly? Like you've heard it sound like I'm talking right now. Anybody? Have you? Okay, awesome. 
A couple of you have. I personally have not. And most of the time when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, it's not an audible voice that I'm hearing with my natural ears. It's a, it's a prompting in my heart. It's, it's a thought that goes through my head. It's a conviction of something that I feel, and I'm like, I think that might be the Lord. Right? It's a thought. How many of you have ever had thoughts, and you're like, that might have been God? And then immediately you're like, or, or maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know. What, was that God? Was it not? Right? Crystal, like, I don't Maybe. I hope so. And so becoming familiar with learning how to discern, is that the Holy Spirit or is it not? And I just want to talk to you for a minute about how important it is. Like when I think about this, like I think about if I can learn to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, how, how, how much improved, I'll word it that way, my life would be, right? Because all of a sudden I'm being led. But what it's going to take is it's going to take me becoming familiar with those those promptings, that thought, the, that, that conviction of the heart. And what that takes is simple, and I, it's simple, and it's hard. It takes time. Let's be honest. Um, when I first met my wife about 19 years ago, I met her. I was like, man, I'm interested in talking to this girl some more. And so I got her phone number, and I called her a few days later. And guess what? I had to tell her who I was when I called her. Because the only time we'd ever talked was when we met a few days ago. And she didn't recognize my voice on the phone. Like she answered and I had to say, hey, Abby, this is Jansen that met you a couple of days ago. You remember me. And then it clicked with her and we were able to have a conversation. A few weeks into dating, I didn't have to do that anymore. I could call her and I could just say, hey, how was your day? And she knew exactly who was asking because she recognized my voice now on the other end of the phone because we had talked multiple times between there. You, you, don't, you don't recognize a voice unless you hear it a little while, right? I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm at this water park with Titus, and I, I think about half of Texas decided to go to the water park yesterday. And, I mean, people everywhere and like, 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 you know, they call it the lazy river. There was nothing lazy about this river yesterday. It's like shoulder to shoulder, fight your way through. Like, right? Like we're going to, who's the strongest to get through this thing? Like, and, and, but I, I, was, I had this thought yesterday, like all these people and voices and noise and loud. And, Titus says, dad, and I know that's my boy. Like that's my son's voice. I just heard it. I'm not sure where he is because I can't find him in the crowd, but I know I heard my son's voice. Why? Because for seven years now, I've heard my son's voice. I know that voice, right? And so we've got to get to this point where we, and I'm just telling you, everything I'm saying, you're like, yeah, 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 I get, but this is not as simple because it takes us stopping long enough and being quiet to listen to what he's saying. I got really convicted on this about a year ago, and I still don't do as good as I should do with this. I'm just being honest. But I want to be, I want to quiet myself for a period every day so that I can give the Holy Spirit the freedom to talk and I can hear him. In a practical sense, if you thought about it, if every time that Abby tried to talk to me, I was talking also, first of all, she would quit trying after a while. I wouldn't be able to, I would not catch what she's saying because I'm so busy doing my own talking all the time. Or if every time she tried to talk to me, I was on the phone with somebody else or I was watching TV or whatever, I always had these distractions going on. I was playing a game on my phone 
right? Or I was scrolling through Facebook or something. Every time he's trying to talk, she's going to, eventually she's going to be like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to keep, I'm trying to get through to you. You won't give me the time of day to listen. And God's really convicted me on this. And I want us to just, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but if that happens, it happens. But, but I want us to grab hold of the fact, Lord, if I just took 10 minutes, Literally, listen, if we just took 10 minutes every day and with no distraction, like put the cell phone away, sit down, I'm not going to talk, God. I'm just going to sit here. And I'm going to see if there's a, a thought that goes through my head that might be yours, if there's a prompting in my spirit, if there's a conviction in my heart, and all of a sudden I begin to, I'm going to do that every day. And I'm going to begin to recognize and become familiar with that voice to where maybe if we become familiar enough, just being honest, then as noises are happening around and we hear that voice, like I heard Titus's yesterday, we begin to, oh, wait, I, I know that one. That's the Holy Spirit's. I need to respond to that one, right? I may have had all these thoughts going through my head, but all of a sudden I know what that one is. Are, 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 you, are you hearing me? And, man, I'm, I'm praying that we become, and I'm, I'm, I'm just admitting this is for me, but I'm, I'm praying, Lord, help me, be, help me take that time to become so familiar with your voice. And I know it. And I can move in it. Okay? Now, the next thing I'm going to say is this, though, is that if we want to walk in, in tune with the Spirit, we've got to be bold and we've got to walk by faith, even when we're not always 100% sure if we've heard His voice sometimes or not. We've got to be bold and we've got to step out in some faith. Because if you're wired like me, this is hard. Because if you're wired like me, I like to be in control. I like to be in control. I'm, 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 I'm great. You put me behind a steering wheel, I'm great. You put me in the driver's, I mean, you put me in uh, the passenger seat, I get nervous. Put me in the back seat, I get way nervous. Right, like, like put me in control, and I'm, I'm a lot more happy. I'm a lot more peace. And so what I tend to do, sometimes I live this life, I'm not careful, of like I'll just sit there and be still until I know that I know that I know that God has said, do this. And whatever, maybe there's a, I'll get... Two prophetic words and a dream before I'll move on something, right? Like, and God's not happy with that. God, the scripture literally says this. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And what I'm describing to you, honestly, is a lack of faith in my life. It's, 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 it's a fear that I might miss him. It's a nervousness that I might screw this up. It's a what if I get it wrong, God? And I think God many, many times to me is saying, what if you do get it wrong? You don't think I'm big enough to handle your mistakes? You don't think I can correct whatever you think? How about you just take some steps, get the ball rolling? Listen to me. Think about this with me. Have you ever tried to grab a steering wheel of a car that's sitting steel and turn it? Like in the parking lot, right? And turn that steering wheel when it's not moving? It takes some muscle to get that steering wheel moving. But you get the wheels rolling, and all, I can put one finger on that steering wheel and go like this, Right? All you got to do is get it moving in a direct, get it moving, and I can steer it. And I think God's saying that to you and me sometimes. All I need you to do is get moving. Look, you may, be, you may get moving in the wrong direction, but if you're moving, I can steer you and bring you back into line where I need you to be. But if you're sitting there, just waiting for the perfect opportunity, you're going to be sitting there forever. Right? And I'm just being honest. Like, this is me sometimes, man. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, God, I don't want to mess up, so I'm just going to sit here. I'll sit here, and I'll sit here. And he's like, just, just get up. And I'm like, well, wait, but what if I screw up? But what if, what if that thought wasn't God? What if that was me? What if I'm wrong? 
What if I take a step I shouldn't have taken? What if I... And he's like, just take some steps. Right, just be bold. Listen, like, what if we miss it? Since when did that become the end of the world? Right? What if at the end of the day, our testimony was, I never got it wrong. And God looked at us and was like, because you never did anything. Of course you didn't do it wrong. You just sat there. Maybe if we went back to like the parable of the talents and we realized he, he gave one five and one two and one one. And the one with five went out and risked it. But he turned five into ten. And the one with two went out and risked. And he turned two into four. And the one with one did what I do sometimes. And he sat down and was like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to lose what he's given. And he sat there. And man, go back and read it. God wasn't too happy with that one, right? He didn't, he didn't get the response he was hoping for when he, he, when he was like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I got it still. I didn't mess up. He was like, of course you didn't mess up. You didn't even try. The story of whenever Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. I think Jesus, we don't, I'm taking a little bit of liberty with what I'm about to say here, but I think Jesus was so pleased with Peter when he had to rescue him and pull him out of the sinking as he was sinking and pull him up. And he was like, he, we read it and he says, oh, you have little faith. But I think he had a big smile on his face. Like, oh, you have little faith. And then I think he looked and he was like, look at those other 11 that are still sitting in the freaking boat. They wouldn't get out. Look, like you got out at least and you headed towards me. And maybe you didn't quite have the faith you needed to do what I'm doing yet. But look, you took bigger steps. You there's still 11 in the boat that wouldn't get out. I think he was pumped. I think he was excited. I want you to know something that God meets you. God loves faith. He loves faith. It brings joy to his heart. He meets us when we take steps, even if they're wrong steps. About 18 years ago, I was debating whether to marry my wife or not. The greatest decision I've ever made besides accepting Christ in my heart was deciding to marry her. But I was debating because I was, I was, I was in this moment where I was like, I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss him. And I kept thinking that. And everything was pointing towards marriage, except I hadn't seen like a billboard as I was driving down the road say, Mary Abbey. Everything else was pointing in that direction, but somehow I wanted more. And I had a friend that really helped me. And I owe a lot to this friend. He said this one day, we were driving down the road and he said, hey, are you, he was, I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but something like, hey, when are you, are you thinking about proposing to Abby? And, and I was like, yeah, I think, you know, it makes sense that I should propose one day. Like, it makes sense that we should get, everything was heading in that direction. But I literally said, thinking I was saying the right thing, I said, yeah, but I just haven't heard God for sure say I need to do this. I'm just waiting for that for sure thing. And my friend looked at me, and not in a demeaning way, or maybe it was a little bit, but he looked at me and he goes, I got a question for you, Jansen. And he said, how big do you think your God is? And I, I, I mean, he's God, he's big. I don't know, like big. And he said, do you think he's big enough to correct any mistakes you and I can make? I said, yeah. He said, what if you just went for it and trusted God to take care of things? And man, it changed. that was 18 years ago. And it began this journey for me of changing the way I saw. For the first part of my Christianity, I'd lived most of my life believing that it was up to me whether we got this journey right or wrong. And it changed my mind to thinking, this is, God's not sitting here with a, a, with a scorecard 
saying, how's Jansen done? No, he's saying, how much faith does he have? Will he just leap? Will he leap? Will he take some steps and let me guide him and lead him? And change my mind to putting pressure on me to putting pressure on God. And, and can, if I could say one big thing today, it's, it's make it hard on God, not you. He's big enough to handle it. Just take some steps. Let's just take some steps, amen? About a year ago, um, I took my kids to, to the swimming pool. Just me and my three kids. It was at some friend's house. They were gone. So it was just literally the four of us at this pool. Um, you guys can come on up and start playing behind us here. We were, we were at this swimming pool, and my kids are swimming. I'm not because the water's cold, and I'm a baby with cold water, okay? So they're in the water, and I'm sitting in this chair. You're watching them. And we're just having a good time. They're laughing, and my two oldest are, like, jumping in from the side, and, and I'm watching, and, they're, you know, we're talking. And, um, and my, my youngest, Tinley, that I already talked about, she's, she's three at the time, and she's, she's on the edge, and she, keeps, she watches her older brother and sister jump in and laugh and have fun and splash and see how far they can jump and make... And she wants to join in, like she's wanting to, but she's scared. And she's talking to me. She's like, Dad, I want to jump. I'm like, then jump, baby. And she's like, but, Dad, I don't know if I can swim. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I was in a chair, literally, from me to Kelly. I'm like, I'm right here. You jump. Something happens. Don't worry. I got you. And she, she kept looking like, she was like she was calculating, like, I don't know. Can he really get to me in time? I dropped this fast. I don't know how fast he is. You know, it's like. I'm sitting there as a dad that knows my ability, and I'm like, this is not a problem. You jump in the water and something goes wrong, I got you, girl. You might have to cough two or three times. Other than that, we're going to be all right. Right? Like, that's what I know. But follow me on this. As her dad, I know that. As a daughter, this is scary. She's three. She knows she doesn't know how to swim. She knows that her life is in the hands of her dad, who is sitting in a chair looking at her right now, telling her it's going to be okay, but do I really trust him or not? Do I really trust? The truth is, she would have been fine. First of all, she swims better than she thinks. She would have been fine. But second of all, I would have jumped in in a heartbeat and grabbed her if, if the need be, right? She wasn't sure. So she sat there debating over and over. I mean, this, this back and forth, sitting and then standing and then almost jumping and then not, and then counting it down, you know, three, two, one, and then not going, and it was this... And eventually, I got in the pool. My older kids made enough fun of me that I wasn't in the pool because the water was too cold. I finally climbed in the pool. And I mean, I've been in the pool for less than 30 seconds. And she's like, Dad! And she comes just running and jumps into the water. And she swims all the way to the other side, like all the way to the other side. And the only thing that changed was her confidence level. I was, the only thing that changed was all of a sudden she saw me in the pool with her. And, and as I was praying over the last few days about today, th that story came back to me. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you that he's in the pool with you today. Like he's there and he's a big God. And just like as a dad, and we've all gone through that experiences as moms and dads, like I wasn't, there was no fear in me. I wasn't, I wasn't telling my daughter to do something dangerous. I wasn't like, yeah, girl, go jump. And, Oh, man, I hope she, no, I, I, she was fine. And as a dad, I knew that. As a daughter, scary. Our dad knows that you're fine. He's got you. You take a step, you jump. He's got you. Be bold. 
Step out. I don't know what that means for you today, but man, I felt like the Lord laid this on my heart to share with you guys today, to be bold today. I don't know what it is that you've been asking yourself, man, should I, should I, or should I not? I don't know, God, I don't know if this is you. And God's saying, you know what? Take a step and I'll meet you. And if it, if it, if I, if I have to pull you out like he did Peter, I'll pull you out. I'll be all right. But don't sit in the boat. If I have to rescue you, if we have to, if we have to, if we fail, and I put that in quote marks because, because our failure is not God's failure. If it feels like failure to you, it'll be okay. Just jump. Here's what I found in watching my three-year-old. She was kind of having fun before, but her level of joy went to a new level the moment she joined in and she started going for it. And how many times as Christians we find ourselves like, we're like, yeah, this is kind of fun. I mean, I'm worshiping kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking this safe walk where I'm really not messing up because I really haven't tried much. And it's okay, it's not bad, but, but if we jumped in, how much fun could we have? This walk was not meant to be, um, it wasn't meant to always be safe. It wasn't meant to watch from the sidelines. We were meant to get in the pool and to have some fun with it and to try some things. And if you risk and fail, you risk and failed. I was talking with a guy the other day, one of my good friends, very successful man, um, very successful businessman, great father, great husband, he's got a great family. I'm talking to him and he starts telling me about how stressed and anxious he is about life right now. Um, really in that particular case, about mainly about his finances. And this, this guy, I'm just telling you, he has a lot of money. And I'm talking and I, I tell him, I said, you know what's interesting is that probably 90% of the people have a, have a level of anxiety about money right now. Whether they're like the guy that I was talking to like the week before that, that slept on a park bench by a lake, that's where he slept every night, or whether it's you who, who in, in, in the world's eyes has a lot of money, there's a level of stress with our finances that we all have to deal with in some way. I said, here's the crazy thing. I said, let's walk down this road. This guy's name was Sean. I said, Sean, let's walk down this road. I said, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? Let's go down that road. What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You go bankrupt, you lose creditors, you lose credit with banks, they take your house, they take your car. I don't know, let's keep going. What's the worst that's gonna happen? Everything you own, you no longer have. I said, at the end of the day, was that really, all, like, like you're gonna make it, aren't you? Like you got a wife and three kids, you got a relationship with the Lord. What, what are we so worried about? Why don't we just like, like just, just, just trust God, just live in this life where we can jump in the pool and trust him and just relax. And, and I just wanna, I, I'm, I'm kind of taking a different end than I did the, la, the, the last service, but I, I, wanna, I wanna pray against like worry and anxiety and this paralyzing fear that keeps us on the sidelines sometimes and keeps us sitting here and we're like, man, I kinda, I don't wanna worry, but I do. I don't wanna fear, but I am. God, I wanna trust you with, with life. I wanna trust you with my marriage, but honestly, I don't know. I wanna trust you with my kids, but I'm scared. I wanna trust you with my finances. God, I wanna take this step, but I don't know for sure if I can do it. What if at the end of the day, he's in the water with us and it, 
if he has to grab us and pull us out, oh well. If I have to cough a couple of times, oh well. I had some fun. <laughs> and I please God because with faith we please him. Without it, we don't. Amen? Man, let's be a church, a purpose-driven church that's full of faith, full of boldness, full of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, but willing to risk missing it sometimes. Amen? Willing to risk it. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray for us today. I want to pray that we would be a church that's sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit that takes time. And I want to encourage you, listen to me. 21 days of prayer starts today. Man, don't take that lightly. They're, gonna, they're fixing to encourage you to, to pray 21 minutes every day for the next 21 days. What if, what if you did that? And what if for 10 minutes of that 21 minutes you were quiet? You just listened. And you asked the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna be quiet for 10 minutes. What do you have to say to me? What do you have to say? And you just listened. And for the next 21 days, I have a feeling we would begin to tune in to what the Holy Spirit's saying and begin to tune in. We begin to hear what he's saying. Father, right now, I pray for ears to hear. God, I pray for sensitive ears that we would tune in to what you're saying. God, we would begin to hear you in a way we've never heard you before. God, we begin to, to know you're guiding to the left, to the right, to step forward, to step back. God, we begin to tune in to you. God, give us the discipline. Give us the discipline to be quiet, to simply walk that step of just being quiet for short periods of time and to listen. Now, Father, I pray though, I pray for a people, I pray for a boldness and a courage. God, I pray for a courage, a faith that says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna please God. I'm gonna jump out. I may make some mistakes. I will make some mistakes. I may fail, but I'm going for it. I'm not sitting on the sidelines anymore. I'm jumping out. God, I pray for boldness and courage. I pray for a realization that you're in the water with us, that you're in the water. You've got us. God, I pray against fear. I come against worry and anxiety and fear. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I say it has no place in our life. Father, your word says you've not given us that spirit and we come against it in Jesus' name. Every time we begin to have fear or worry or anxiety, in Jesus' name, we say that has to go. We trust in you. We put our trust in you. God, for Purpose Church, over this next six weeks, God, they put their trust in you. They put, they put their trust in you. God, in our individual lives, we put our trust in you. In our families' lives, we put our trust in you. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to be a, a sensitive people that walks with great boldness and great courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church podcast. If God uses message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.